Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour alongside me. This evening, back by popular demand and flattery, Baron Coleman. I was wondering if the song was a hint. No, actually, this song was inspired by the story that topped Drudge. For oh, most oh, of the day. Stormy, stormy, yeah. You know, that actually, I haven't actually gotten a rise out of a story. I haven't gotten a rise out of me in a while. Oh, that got a rise out of you? Okay. Angry rise. Well, that was a that was a nice mugshot. Yeah, it was an I angry. thought you were talking about a different kind of rise. No, no, no. Uh, no, it <laughs> takes a little more than that. Uh, just a mugshot? No, I'm 29 now. I've been around the block a few times. Like 14-year-old Joey would have liked that mugshot. Oh, yeah. 14-year-old Joey would have been like, oh, wow. Nice mugshot. Nice. Look at her hair and her makeup. <laughs> no, that's the thing. As you get older, you don't, as a dude, fall for the tricks as easily. Or yeah. maybe you do. You no, stop giving no. a damn. Right. And you're like, I know it's a trick, but I'm going to play right into it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what she actually looks like. I'm a little drunk, and that looks like an inch of makeup. <laughs> but who cares? Who cares? No, it got a rise out of me. It actually made me angry. Why? I don't like Stormy Daniels. I'll put that out there from the start. I think the whole saga with Stormy and Trump, It's. it could be, actually the story itself, if true, is funny. To me, and interesting. Like, Donald Trump got spanked with a magazine with his own picture on the cover. That's actually kind of hilarious. And I bet you Trump told that story to some of his, like, to Billy Bush, for instance. Yeah, yeah. And the Access Hollywood, what was it? No, it wasn't a van. It was a bus. It was a tour bus. Yeah. It was a tour bus. No, but I see, okay, here's Stormy back in the news. Oh, is another thing she has on the Donald? No. She's doing a tour as... Sex workers will do. She's done adult films. She's now touring the nation, going to strip clubs. People want to see the lady that hooked up with the president. Allegedly. Allegedly. It happened. I don't care if it happened or not. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I don't care. I don't care. Either way. I really don't. I didn't vote for him because of his prowess or lack thereof. No, but I think I I get triggered when it comes to petty, like, over-the-top... Overmoralizing laws against grown adults wanting to do sexual things for money. Uh, let me ask you a question. Because I think, number one, in seriousness, it drives trafficking underground and allows for more predation of, say, young people. No, no, no. From, the, from that perspective, I agree with you. But, but shouldn't a city be able... I mean, isn't that the whole point of municipal corporations that you get together and say, yeah. I want to live around like-minded people. We want to have, have similar values. But this is a state law. 
This is an Ohio state law. Well, okay. So you don't like it? Go go to yeah, strip clubs yeah. in Louisville. Right. Yeah. You know, what about down the there? California? Yeah. Yeah, like live in Vegas, I suppose. But there's also another part of me reading the story. It's like you have three vice cops undercover mm-hmm. going into the strip club that Stormy Daniels is at. And they arrest her because her bosom got in somebody's <laughs> face because she pinched a vice cop's butt who she didn't know it was a cop? That's why you arrested this woman. Yeah, what do you think's going on back there? Right. But, like, I guess be careful in the state of Ohio. Oh, let me tell you. I, tried, you... I tried a case in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was supposed to be two days. Yeah. It ended up being almost three weeks. Um, it was one of the toughest cases we've ever tried. And the law in Ohio on this particular issue... Uh, one of the reasons we tried it in Ohio, originally we declined to take the case. Uh, the law firm declined to take the case because the case, the statute was so punitive in mm. the state of Ohio. In Alabama, uh, the crime for which this guy was charged is six-month misdemeanor. Right. Um, in, say, California, one-year felony. In Ohio, it was 30-year felony. And it was a strict liability crime, and lawyers just set up in their seat. Strict liability means no mental requirement that you know you're committing the crime. Oh, wow. So yeah. you don't get to argue motivation no, no, that's ignorance? Oh, that's or... irrelevant. Uh, wow. You don't even have to be aware you're committing the crime. Whoa. And so I agreed to try the case on the constitutional issues. Of course, we lost. It's on appeal. We'll see what happens. But it's... Um, Damn. It. Uh, I'll exp- I, I don't want to... I mean, probably if you look up Barron trial Ohio, you'll find it. But I, I don't want to go into it in depth on air, but it, it's a, it, it was a bad crime. The guy's a bad guy, but you're right. Statutes shouldn't be written that way. Well, I just, I think there are, that example of there are grown adults in a strip club, oh my God, you touched my butt, you're going to jail. Yeah. Not a lot of touching when you're in a state undress. That's what I hear about Ohio. Yeah, but it's just, uh, I mean... I won't let you touch me when you're in a state of undress. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. No, we're in Ohio. (laughs) Don't touch me. You may not touch me. No, and don't even play the darkness. I don't want to hear it. You're both felons because you're in an adult strip club. I think it was just a misdemeanor, wasn't it? Yeah, it was probably a misdemeanor. I doubt she missed it. My goodness. She hadn't missed many. And it just, I don't know, and I'll get off this. but So to speak? Yeah. But it just, (laughs) I went, really? This is, like, you want to pay your municipal police to go act as undercovers and arrest grown adults for trying to You understand the point of the law, though. The the point of the law is Not really. Well. No, not in that case. You disagree with the point of law, but you understand the point of the law. No, I don't. Not that particular one. Because you have to be. They don't want people to have sex for money. Correct. And you have to have big, bright lines Okay, so I'm going to invite a girl out for dinner, spend $100 on her, buy her all sorts of nice things, and then we're going to have sex later. Two totally different... It's different? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not arguing for the morality laws. I'm not arguing for in favor of prostitution laws because I don't necessarily agree with them. But what I'm saying, I understand the aim of the law. Okay, fair enough. And I understand understand what the law is trying to accomplish and why it's there. I just think it's a huge waste of money. Of course it is. And it's it's a little, and excuse me for being provocative here, it's it's almost thuggish behavior. Like, how dare you do this thing that I wouldn't even know about if not for undercover cops? Yeah, there was no complaint file. Right. So it's just, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it. 
And it, it drives me up the wall that we have weird rules in this country. Like, apparently, I saw a story in Reason.com mm-hmm. where a it was a guy who was like 17, 18, took sexy photographs, not nude, but just like boudoir photographs of his then 16-year-old girlfriend. It was completely consensual. And she was completely covered at all times. Yes. And and he... All the main targets. And they were legally allowed to have sex. Yeah. Just not take pictures. Just not take pictures. But because they have the pictures, both of them could be charged. Yeah. And it was legal at the local level because that's where most of your state law handles those things. But there is a federal law against child pornography. And so when two teenagers who are legally in the state allowed to have sex take photos of one another that are a little bit sexy, the federal government's going to come in and say, you're both creating child porn. It's just like, there's something. Those are the types of stories where you look, and if you mm-hmm. were able to interview all the people with yeah. truth serum, you would find some underlying... Probably. Some underlying political issue with the participants. Yeah, it's just... Somebody's daughter like is somebody, or somebody's yeah, exactly. son is somebody, and exactly. there's, some, there's some grudge somewhere. That's not... That's not typical. Well, and and the reason I get so passionate about this is, number one, I think grown adults should be able to pretty much do whatever they like as long as it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. And on the up and up, no defrauding anybody. You would agree a 16-year-old's not a grown adult, though? I agree. Okay. Yes. And, and that's the other part why I'm so passionate about it. Because once we define the age of majority, then we can focus on the people that do act like predators against young kids mm-hmm. who are easily manipulated. And I've, I mean, I've watched lectures from people who are working gals who say, stop conflating what I do with child sex trafficking. Please. Because it ends up to where, anyway. It's, it's often a blurred line, though. It's tough to, it's tough to yeah. enforce. But it's blurred because it's a black market. Yeah. And it's pushed underground. And it's, oh, and 75,000 murders in Mexico, in Mexico. That has nothing to do with drug prohibition. It's it, no wonder people are trying to cross the border. Seventy-five thousand people murdered. What do you think we murdered in America last year? Our population not that seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah Total we, we talked about this just two days ago. Okay. That's why I remember. It. That's pretty. That's pretty stout, though. No, it's pretty crazy. But I think it's not per capita. 000. Yeah, it and we probably have three times as many people as they have. Yeah, exactly. You know, It'd tell me, tell more. me this. I proposed this before. I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, but I proposed it. Make Mexico a single state. Give them two senators. Give them, you know, twenty uh, percent uh, of the of the Congress. That's very Jeffersonian of you, yeah. actually. He imagined an empire of liberty where you would continue to bring in new territories in yeah. the world, especially uh, the Western Hemisphere, into well, they the United did. States, and they, they did. did. They manifest destiny in others. They did right and. I don't think it would be difficult to bring in Canada. I think Canada and the United States are actually Canada. Pro- Canada would be harder, I think, than Mexico. Uh, the, I think the people of Mexico would be down. They would mm. be down for it. The, the pushback would be from the government officials in Mexico because they're getting fantastically wealthy off True. of the drug trade and the, and the bribery trade. Well, did you see this thing with AMLO talking we, about putting military at the border? This guy. You warned me I about warned AMLO. you month, six months ago about AMLO. Yeah. This guy's the real deal. Real deal, like... Marxist. Marxist, socialist. Maduro, Chavez, Castro, oh, the real deal. He he says all the right things to sound like sure. a, a social democrat, yeah. you know, United States socialist, Bernie Sanders type, or, or, or even a Hillary Clinton type. I mean, she's a little bit more corporatist sounding when she talks, but... He is a he said he sounds like a mainstream American Democrat 
This guy is wacko bird yeah. out to lunch. I've no. been warning you about him for six months. Well, I and I think you're. Uh, I saw this coming. I, I I think you're correct on AMLO, and on Hillary, like somebody like Hillary Clinton, even somebody like Chuck Schumer, they're not Venezuela style no. socialists. No. They really are. They're corporatists. I think maybe Alexandria Ocasio Cortez probably is. Well, she's too stupid and young to know the difference. Well, I'm think, not making fun of 28-year-olds. Yeah, sure. She's stupid and young. That's different. Right. Oh, stupid and young. She's too stupid and young. young. Oh, they're smart young people. Right. Uh, I had one in the studio today. Will Dismukes up in House District 88. I had somebody call asking who you had in. How, uh, Will Dismukes, House District 88. I, I can't speak enough of the young man. He's incredibly talented. Yeah. Uh, a guy like that, I would trust in any position he wanted. Mm. Sort of like something. I mean, I wouldn't want to be governor or, or president yet, but... I mean, any legislative position, U.S. House, U.S. Senate, I would trust that guy implicitly. Uh, it's not age, but he's smart and young. Right. That, that uh, Cortez, she's dumb and young, young and dumb. You do have to admit, because I haven't gotten Dan or Greg to admit this, her politics stink. They're stupid. She's smoking hot. Well, she is attractive. I knew that's where you were No, no I wasn't oh. going to her looks. Oh. I was saying the name, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. What about that? It? Is a sexy name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the name does it for I, me. It doesn't do it. No. For me. Well, well, each to his own, I suppose. I, I don't You're know. Wrong. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, she's attractive. There's no doubt about it. I, and, and that helps her. That does. No, it, it helps women. It helps men. Let's yeah. be clear. I don't oh. think there's a no. And I think that name did, the last ugly president we had. Well, and that did hurt Hillary Clinton. I think because Hillary is not exactly even. Possibly like, oh, she's attractive. She was in her fifties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember forties and fifties. She was. She I was remember attractive. when she first she was objecti- first lady, yeah. and yeah, she wasn't objectively days. hot, but she was a solid six, <laughs> and that'll get you by. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was. She was not an eight or nine, but she was a six. I apologize to everybody who threw up in their mouths. No, I mean no. <laughs> at forty-five, this woman was a six, six and a half. At seventy, she is a. She's a grandmother. Substantially <laughs> lower than a six, you know, but still. Uh, and, and I agree, though. It hurt her. It hurt her at the mm. end. Um, this Cortez woman, there's no doubt she was aided by that. Yeah, I no think doubt. it helped. I think it did help. Yeah. It opens doors that wouldn't otherwise be opened. Now, I accidentally... No, I did it on purpose. Today on the Book of Faces, Yeah, I triggered some conservatives. You think the only people who can be triggered are... You think young... you could trigger me with the same thing? Mm. Maybe. What is it? I just shared a wonderful, concise debate points mm-hmm. that was shared as an article on fee.org mm-hmm. saying a robust or a strong case for open borders. Oh, I could listen to that. I, I actually used no, to. No, and it was actually pretty, it's a damn good argument. I don't always, I don't think it's holistic in the sense he doesn't address national security, and but he's talking about the economic benefits and then the worry over... Uh, they'll sway and balloon the welfare state. He's like, I've looked into the numbers. Here's how it'll work out. Brian Kaplan, he's a pretty mm-hmm. brilliant uh, libertarian economist, I think at George Mason. And, and he's been on the debate circuit with this one guy. And their debates are wonderful. But my goodness, some people really reacted to me sharing that. I, I could hear that because, you know, it, it's been in the last three or four years since I've been on air here. That I really came around to being a, a border hawk. I used to be yeah. quasi open borders, not not for the economic benefit. Well, let me ask you this because somebody told me my position isn't open borders. Is not open borders. Yes, and I said, well, in the system we have, current politics. In fact, this is what the Democratic Party. If you want to have an actual argument. 
Because you say you want to abolish ICE, but you just replace it with something else because you love the government so much. What they should actually say is, okay, Donald Trump, we'll secure the border. In particular, the southern border, since that's where your focus is. We might even give you money to build your wall. But we also want big doors. We want more people to process. And when you show up at those doors and you say, I want entry into the country, you don't get citizenship. What you do get is a security check, a health check. Maybe you don't have to show up right at the door. You can you know, appeal at an embassy somewhere in the world. But you do a security check, a health check. You pass that, come on in. You can work, you can rent, you can buy, own, sell property. You're not automatically a citizen. You don't get to vote. I think also welfare should be the benefit of citizens. And that would essentially be my border policy. And this is not bringing in, like, foreign invasion. Like, the army, the military should stop true foreign invasions. You have to worry about terrorism. If Trump wants to put Iran on the list of nations, where I think he has every right to do that, given current laws. But I would argue, okay, illegal immigration, we'll stop it. But I want legal immigration, the only restrictions to be a health check, a basic security check, and then market forces. If you don't have the money to get here, well, you don't have the money to get here. Uh... Is that, and my question is not, oh, is that great or not? No, it's I mean, an opening I, bid politically wise. Would you consider that an open borders policy? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was told that was an open border. Yeah, I would consider it pretty mostly open borders. Here, here, was, my, here was always where I came from, it, and, and this is, I, I've changed on the issue. I really have. I've changed on the issue uh, for national security reasons, for welfare reasons, for assimilation reasons, for crime reasons. I mean, there's a number of reasons I changed, but, but I started with the premise that the United States has aborted 60 million children mm. in the last 50 years. Uh, and when you think about a country with a native population under 300 million, uh, aborting 60 million is a travesty. Right. Now, a lot of those 60 million would have their own children. And so the 60 million might really be more like uh, 100, 110 million, somewhere in there. Say 100 million, right? nice round number. Yeah. Uh, you take out all the people we brought in in immigration because of the reality, the stark reality that we're killing our own people at, at record rates, and we're replacing them with foreigners. We're killing native-born Americans and replacing them with foreigners. You you do the math. You take that out. Our, our, our let's say 300 million Americans goes down to about 250 million Americans if you take all the people we've immigrated since 1970, mm-hmm. and then you uh, that's legally immigrated since 1970. Uh, take those people out of the equation. Put our 100 million people back in, and we'll be about 350 million people. That's, that's about what our legal plus illegal population is right now. But you would have people who are bought into the system, who are raised into the system, who speak the language, yeah. who have community pride, who all these things. So uh, I started with the fact that we're missing that. So what's the next best thing? If we can't have that reality, what's the next best thing? Well, you know, it wouldn't be bad economically to be able to replace the people we've killed. Right, with and so merit, we ha- merit-based. Merit-based immigration, Which but is also what Canada does, yeah. Also low-skill or no-skill immigration because okay. there are a lot of low-skill and no-skill jobs, frankly, sure. yeah. that it wouldn't kill us to have. Plus, who are you importing from Mexico? Largely Catholics. Hmm. Catholics tend to have And you like Catholics. I do. I like Catholics a lot. I'm Catholic. Uh Catholics tend to have 
good family structures. They understand the importance of the family. Uh, they tend to be moral people who work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend, I mean, the, particularly the ones coming from Mexico, moral people who work hard, oh, keep sure. to themselves. Most of them don't commit crimes. That's where I started from when I was sort of, quite not open border, but quasi-open border. I mean, sure. I understood... The, I understood why illegals would want to get here, and those that minded their own business, I didn't mind staying here. Right. Um, so what changed? Uh, the reality that the motivation for the people coming here. Oh, the political reality. The political reality. Because the motivation when it was, I want to do a better job for my family and be American, that's fine. But over the course of the last five, six years, particularly during the election, hmm. when these when people started acting like, I have a right to be there. You can't tell me to leave. I have a right to be there, and I'm going to put it in your face. I'm going to march in the streets. Sure. I'm going to carry a Mexican flag down with America. We're taking this country, and we're going to donate the occupied territories back to Mexico. That's when I thought, all right, this is getting out of control. Shut it down. Get the hell. Get all these people the hell out of here. Let's start over. Right. Let's stop killing so damn many of our kids. You know, if we could stop killing a million plus of our kids every year, that'd be great. But if we're not going to stop doing that, we need to figure out how to operate on a, uh, a a lower economic structure. One of the reasons yeah. that that people have killed so many of their kids uh, through abortion and otherwise is because there's no economic downturn. There's no economic hardship as a result because we're just importing the replacements. Mm-hmm. And we're importing them at an older age. So instead of birthing a six-month-old or a zero-month-old and have to wait till 18 till they're productive, we're importing 15-year-olds and they become productive in a couple years. And so it, it speeds up the economic progress. Hmm. Um, so there's goods and bads to, to immigration, but it's, it's the motivation, the attitude of the people coming in saying, we're going to get on your welfare, we're going to claim asylum fraudulently, sure. we're going to take this country back, we're going to make America Mexico again. Nope, I'm sorry, you're out. You lost well, it. Fair enough. Come over here like the Germans and English did and, and all the... Make that, a new life. Yeah. yeah, and if you want to make a new life, say, I am American. Well, but also, the reason I bring up in my opening bid is no limit as long as there's a health and security check Yeah, is because the headlines are illegal immigration and crimes illegal immigrants have committed, these sort of things. You know, famously the Kate Steinle murder and all the... Um, family members Trump has brought up on stage. And I understand that. I also see the people who are the so-called dreamers brought here very young and they haven't heard a fly. They have incorporated in the system. That's also true. And so I'm willing to say we'll stop illegal immigration. But then folks come around after you think the whole debate's about illegal immigration and go, no, now we need to restrict legal immigration. Yeah. I'm like, well, why? Why is the legal process so damn expensive? Why do you want to put all these caps on it? Because it's not like everybody it's, can. It's, it's because of assimilation. And, right. It's because if we're, taking, if we're taking a million people a year legally, it's about what we're taking. And I just don't think that's an exact science. No, but it's one-third of one percent. You can assimilate one-third of one percent new every year. But the, the American culture has continued to change. I mean, it's changed in the last ten years. Why? I don't think it's necessarily foreign influence. Uh, some of it is. Maybe some of it, but I think it's mostly good old American entertainment. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it really is. Not, some of that entertainment I don't like. Yeah. I think some of the agenda there is uh, it's unseemly, <laughs> uh, some of the secular agenda. And I'm saying that as somebody who is, I guess, secular himself in his basic worldview. But I... I I think it's mostly been Americans fighting in the political process. That's changed culture. 
I think it has been entertainment, art, uh, movies, music, television. That's changed American culture. I think a lot, also, of that's, a lot of that is foreign influence, not necessarily from immigrants coming across, but from multinational oh, right. globalist corporatist corporations that oh. own the media wing oh. of this country who are dictating to American media companies what they need to produce. Can you say the anti-globalist thing again? What about it? No, no I'm not mocking you. Oh. Say it again. The globalist corporatist media influence? I have found a clip. Did that was that hot to you? You set up. Yeah, it, it was so hot. <laughs> like I was wondering if if you would say that phrase because I've heard you say it before. Yeah, I have found from a movie. You had that phrase about no, not that no. phrase exactly, but it's a media organization. He's globalist. He's corporatist. He was written about in the seventies. It was a character portrayed in the movie Network. I'm gonna play. <gasps> oh, that. oh, oh, yes, yes. I'm I know play exactly that when we about. come back. He yeah. is. The perfect archetypal representation of everything the anti-globalist Trump forces yeah. fear, everything the anti-corporatist Bernie bro forces fear. He's the perfect representation. Yeah. And I don't completely agree with the a-hole. But it, I want to play that when we come back because it's a perfect like example of, the I think, a big boogeyman out there in our times. And I think there's – I don't think you're – I'm not saying boogeyman like, oh, it doesn't exist. I think – a lot of this stuff does exist that you talk about. But it just became so clear when I watched this scene from the movie Network again. And we'll do that after the break. But first, I need to tell folks about Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. And this Sunday, from 2 to 4, special opportunity. By that, I mean an open house. You can check out 2023 Ellen Street in Cloverdale. It's a rare find in Old Cloverdale. A one-bedroom, one-bath. Be great for a single person or maybe a couple. It would be great if you buy it, rent it out, because it rents usually around 800 bucks. It's a great investment. There's also an open house at 6100 Ashwood Court in Woodmere. Three-bedroom, two-bath. Again, this open house is Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. But say you're doing something Sunday already. It's already Thursday. You might already have plans. You can always give Eddie Bader a call at 322-0662, and he'll take you to go see the properties when it's convenient for you. And not only take you to those properties, wherever you like, whatever you're looking for. Maybe you have a growing family and need a bigger house. Maybe you're tired of renting and you want to find a one-bedroom place for yourself. Maybe you've got it made. You want to get out of the city and you want to go live by the lake. Eddie Bader can do it all and can really help you through the process, open your eyes to this booming market out here in the River Region. So again, if you're interested, give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call. 322-0662. 322-0662. Now I'm trying to decide, based on the touch theme here. Um, <laughs> the Divinals? Yeah, I was thinking either the... What do you want? I'm leaving well, it Give me my you. options. Love and touch and squeezing. Uh-huh. Journey. I touch myself, the Divinals. I think we've played that song. We with, have together. Yeah, that's the, yeah. We, we don't need to do it too much together. People right. start talking. Yeah, let's start telling tales. Uh, we can do some journey. Some journey? Yeah. I think that's a good way to go out. So you're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me, Baron Coleman. Honestly, folks, I only got like three hours sleep last night. It's why I'm a bit delirious, a bit intense right now. You Not, are a little intense today. I'm feeling intense. Hmm. You make me weak. But those sweet tones of Steve Perry. Uh-huh. You can't be intense with Steve Perry's playing. You're right. When we come back, the perfect representation of the things populists hate. When we're back.
Joey Clark. Joey Clark. Oh, hell, how did this song get on? <laughs> you sneaked this in on me. Let me get this out you of here. You know, snuck isn't a word. It's sneaked. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's your barren fact for the day. It's all you get. One. Sn- Wait, you snuck or you, you sneaked? sneaked. You, you sneaked? sneaked? You sneaked that in on me. That's the past tense of sneak. Snuck isn't a word. Can't find it in the dictionary. Well, but, but, Not there to be had, Joe. All words are made up. Mm-hmm. All words are made up. Not until enough people... Well, I, I take you at your word, then. Well, that you've done the research, I believe you. Mm-hmm. And, Sneaked, and the populist trend is big these days. Not just oh, in yeah. the U.S. and it has many varieties in the U.S. It has the left and the right. I mean, you get the Bernie. Well, and, I've identified this. Mm-hmm. I've identified this. You have your populist on the right, which are anti-globalist, anti-corporatist, anti-media, mm-hmm. and the populist on the left are just anti-corporatist. Mm. Those are the populists on the left. True. They're not anti-globalist necessarily. Right. There's so there may be like the Bernie Bros. There may be an anti-globalist wing to the Bernie Bros. There might be an anti-media wing to the Bernie Bros. But by and large, the left is really only anti-corporatist. Whereas the populists on the right are anti-corporatist, anti-globalist, anti-media. I've, um, I, I've diagnosed this. I one of my favorite writers, Minkin. He talks about populists in his day, mm-hmm. like William Jennings Bryan. Yeah. Which I think he called the idol of all morandum. Um, yeah, Minkin didn't pull any punches. He wouldn't fit in with the political Minkin trend. had the quote about, one day everybody needs to grab a sword and start slashing throats. Oh, no, he's got a great one. What is it? It's a... Uh, maybe sword slashing throats. He has this great uh, satirical essay where he talks about these rich philanthropists. Mm-hmm. You know, you do boring things, like build a hospital <laughs> or you know, build a, a soup kitchen or a university. Stop being so ri- unoriginal, you rich a-holes. I thought I saved it on my phone. I was trying to find it. Uh, but what he suggested, instead of building, say, a hospital or a theater or all these things that, you know, like the Carnegie and Rockefellers of the world did, if you want to do something interesting, if you're a rich philanthropist, and again, this is the 1920s, keep in mind, go import 30,000 Muslims to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found it. Said something about every man must be uh, uh, ready at some point to, tempted at times to spit on his hands, hoist the black flag, and begin to slit throats. <laughs> yes! That was Minkin. Every normal man must be tempted at times to spit on his hands, hoist the black flag, and to begin to split, slit throats. Yeah. That's oh. a guy I can get along with. Oh, he had some great ones. He had one about the iconoclast is uh, advances humanity. It's usually... Gay fellows, at that time happy fellows, roistering down the streets after throwing a dead cat into some sacred sanctuary to show that the gods of the sanctuary wouldn't strike them down. <laughs> That's the iconoclast. Yeah, Minkin was great, but he pointed out about populists in his time that he noticed that their deal wasn't to like take out the people with all the privilege and then create this fair society. They tended to take out the people with privilege and then give themselves new privileges. Mm-hmm. So I'm skeptical of all populists. But fair enough, there can be good populism. I'm not, I'm not down on populism in general. You know the original nationalist populist document? Declaration of Independence. No. It begins, we the people, populist, mm-hmm. of the United States of America, mm-hmm. nationalist. 
Well, There's nothing wrong with national populism. There's nothing wrong with national populism. Yeah, but... It, it depends on is, how it's harnessed. Yeah, but what that do do document also has this idea of individual rights to where the collective doesn't have necessarily a say over very important things that matter to the individual and his freedom. Yeah. But... Yeah. I want to get to this clip. Oh, yeah. Because it's from Network. Let's set it up a little bit. Howard Beale is already gone mad on the airwaves. They're not doing well at, like, their third-rate TV station. This is, like, the 70s, for those who haven't seen the movie. And uh, he goes crazy because he's told he's going to be fired. And he says, I'm going to commit suicide on the air. And so the next week, they let him on the air. He said, I'll, I'll apologize for that suicide comment. And No, he goes wild again, starts ranting. All you know is this tube. I'm mad as hell. Not going to take this anymore. That classic yeah. line. And it gets, the TV execs initially are going to fire his ass. But it gets great ratings. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of all the polarizing rhetoric we hear in, well, most media, especially political media. It's the gotcha question. It's like even good, well-intentioned causes you would think on their face become like the Me Too thing. Right. Like, yeah, take out Harvey Weinstein and anybody like Harvey Weinstein. Dress them down. But then you get like, Aziz Ansari didn't let me choose wine. And like... Oh, it's oh, just, you don't even have to get that low. Yeah. Uh, the, the two gals who went up to uh, Louis C.K.'s room, yeah. what did you think was going to happen? Right. It was late, you guys were hammered, and you went into his hotel room. And he did something sad. Well, I mean, well, I mean look, somebody had to get the party started. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Touch me, babe. <laughs> somebody had to get the party started. Somebody had to get the party started, and they left laughing and screaming. Yeah. Can you do that at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, depends on what he looked like. Yeah. Standing there. Yeah. Well, and Henry Cavill, you know, the Superman? Hunk of a man. Yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it as a straight guy. It's one hunky dude. And? And he came out and said, I'm scared to even talk to a woman now. I don't blame him. The GQ Australia, he's like, I don't even try to approach people now because I might, especially as a public figure and a well-known actor, I say something wrong and somebody accuses me of being a rapist. Yeah. And so it's, and. You uh, almost, uh, if you're you're to that level, you're almost tempted to have yourself, like, wired at all times or whatever. Right, and of course the reaction to that is, well, you know what I'm scared of, Henry? I'm scared of being actually raped. And it's like, yeah, I think Henry gets that. He's talking about his own experience. You have your experience, he has his. And fears. He has his valid fears. He has valid fears, you have valid fears. Mm -hmm. And both of you, it would happen to you, completely independent of anything you've done wrong. Right. Anyway. (laughs) Howard Beale's going nuts. Mm Mm-hmm. And he finally he gets this following because he's so out of sorts, almost crazy. And he stops a corporate merger from happening. He just completely stops with the power of his television show. He tells people to call up this corporation. Tell them not to make this deal. You're selling out the nation to the Arabs or something like that. Even back then. Yeah. And then he gets called on the carpet by the owner of the network, Arthur Jensen. They go into this dimly lit corporate boardroom, long, long table. Beale sits at the head of the table, kind of scared. The only light in it, it's brilliant cinematography and just setting. 
the only light in the room are green shaded accountant lights all down the table. Hmm. Table's empty except for Beal in the head. Arthur Jensen walks to the other head of the table, probably like 20 yards away, and looks at him and says this. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you've merely stopped a business deal. That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and immane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rims, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? You get up on your little 21-inch screen. Or your YouTube channel. And howl. <laughs> or your radio show. About America. Podcast. And democracy. Podcast. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T. And DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide, and Exxon, those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, min and max solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. The world is a college of corporations inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It has been since man crawled out of the slime. And our children will live, Mr. Beale, to see that perfect world hmm? in which there's no war or famine oppression <laughs> or brutality all right one vast and ecumenical holding company for whom all men will work to serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock all in the 
necessities provided, all anxieties tranquilized, all boredom amused. And I have chosen you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. And hmm. Howard Beale goes on to say, I've seen the face of God. That's pretty intense. Thing. I've never seen the movie. I've obviously heard of the movie. You uh, should watch it. I've seen clips of the movie. Uh, that, that I mean, it's... I'll watch it. Not, it's 1976. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Sidley, Sidney Lumet is the director. So the backdrop is post-Watergate America mm -hmm. and, and... And essentially Beale goes nuts. And essentially what the movie is about is the role of media in shaping people's minds. He goes through this long-winded speech that all you know is this GD tube. That's where you get all your information. And Beale's going off. And people love it. And the irony is that Beale is preaching this message that's antithetical to, like, mass media, but he's doing it on mass media and making mass media and corporations money. Yeah. Until finally he's confronted when he shakes the boat too much. You know what... Something totally offhand. You know what? You know why the accountants' lights are green. Hmm. You know why their little, uh, little visors they visors, wear are green. Because yeah. green's easy on the eyes, and they look at fine numbers and fine print, and looking at oh. paper all day. Well, that sounds pleasant. And so the shade comes through the green. And the light I also hear that taupe is very soothing. Like, uh, like on, on a wall? wall? On the wall? On a wall? Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't want a taupe shade. Uh, and I wouldn't want a green wall. Oh, I don't mind. Green wall's fine. Yeah, it's a little much for me. Yeah. Little fancy pants. Green? Yeah. Okay. That sort of that sort of uh, oh, no, soft green. Tortoise shell? I'm not, I'm not talking mm. I'm not talking like a hunter green. What like a soft green? A soft green? Like a seafoam green. How did we turn into interior decorating? Oh I don't I I'm sorry. I got, I I got off track. No, but, I just when you mentioned the green lights, that, yeah. that visual image, I thought, eh, it's easy on the eyes. And if folks, if it's been a while since you've seen that movie, if you've never seen Network, check it out. Because yeah. I don't obviously agree with the whole thrust and message of the movie, but it's profound and anticipating. I think, number one, the tone of especially our political battles, especially when it comes to traditional media. The way the cable news networks sound right now, the way the traditional now even news networks like ABC, NBC, CBS sound right now reminds me of how Howard Beale sounded. And it's something I kind of had to check myself or wreck myself is, uh, yeah, I said it. Is there's one point where Beale's sort of celebrating his success? Like, I am the mad prophet who is going to call out the hypocrisies and lies of the age. And when I look at social media, that's what I see. Everybody looking to call out the hypocrisies and lies of everybody else. And it doesn't seem like people learn. That's just my perspective. It goes back to that whole, you know, what was the guy? Jesus? <laughs> you know? The J-Man? Yeah, the, the plank in your brother's eye. Mm -hmm. not seeing the moat in your own or something like that. Yeah, get the speck, get the uh, plank out of your eye before you get the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that movie is a great cautionary tale that you can call out all the lies and hypocrisies of the age that you want, but it probably won't change things, and in the end, will only play into the system. I guess fair reading. I, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. I, it's I, a good movie. Yeah, check it out. I'll check it out. I know that's like it's on my list. On my you know, list. That's, this is a light show. We keep it, you know, conversational. I haven't been light yet. 
Yeah, <laughs> this is what happens when I don't have much sleep. <laughs> Why do we have a phone call? Newstock, you're on there. Who's this? Uh, this is William B. Hey, man, what's up? Oh, not much. Hey, uh, Baron, Baron, Baron. Hey, Baron. Yeah, William, William, William. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, should, shouldn't you be home changing diapers or something? <laughs> I'm hanging out with Joey Clark and, and all of that stuff. I changed plenty of diapers, my man. <laughs> Thousands of diapers. Hey, thanks for making me think about that immigration thing, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, look, credit to Joey. He brought it up and he, he did it in an interesting way. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm trying. I'm on this new kick, William. Of instead of going, I'm right, you're wrong, uh, yeah, and I, I and I certainly think I'm right on certain things. But I'm trying this new thing where I'm probably going to piss off all my friends and just argue as a contrarian, just to yeah. get the conversation going, not to make people mad, but to like say, oh, here's that position as opposed to this position, and let's actually have a conversation. Well, well it was actually refreshing, you know, uh, the, looking at the immigration thing a different way. Instead of, like you said, I'm right, you're wrong, you know, kill them all, whatever. <laughs> well, now, that's Joey's position, to be clear. Well, no, but here's, here's the thing. I can hold that position, but if you're in the middle of the political fray, and Lord knows we're all in the middle of it, uh, it's not really about having a conversation and understanding other people at the end of the day, is it? It's about winning. And seizing yeah, power. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's a different goal than understanding people. Yeah, but I, I and, and I just had to yank your chain a little bit about uh, hanging out with Joey Clark when you should be home with your wife and seven kids and all that. Well, uh, look, J J Joey is a uh, Joey is a fine man, and I, I wouldn't pass up the opportunity to be with Joey. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, thank I, you, good I, sir. I called you a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and told you about that, that conversation up there uh, in Elmore County, I believe. Hmm. <laughs> I don't remember that. What? Um, anyway, that was vague. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I, I I can't say too much on the air because. Uh, oh! 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 Yes, you did tell me that, and I. Uh, <laughs> I yes. Now that you've mentioned it, uh, look, William B. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is a patriot and a hero. Mm. He is a patriot and a hero. I, I appreciate your uh, your hard work, my friend. I do remember that now. Thank you. Yeah, man. Hey, listen. I, I'm, I'm gonna let you go. I know you got things to do other than talk to this old white trash redneck so uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> catch you later Great Bye, buddy. love it thank you yeah. yeah no whenever you're here baron it's uh it's fun like i'm i'm really running on empty right now and this show has flown by oh it has flown by we've got two minutes and 40 seconds left what you want to talk about well i appreciate the promotion oh on my you facebook are, page you're a real minch hey you know what i just figured i'd tell people i was gonna be on yeah. Well, no, but you also, you know, said I need like three hours. Oh, I did say that. You did. And the boss said you could have mine. <laughs> and I, I told him that one of three hours I had in mind. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not looking for any coups. Yeah. I, I I was just politely saying the guy needs three hours. Right. You just get the one hour. It goes so fast. It does go quick. And uh, I, so I'm lobbying for you to get three hours. The boss sees this. Uh, I didn't invite him. I didn't tag him. No. He sees it. He comes in and he says, all right, he can have yours. Right. I said that one of three hours I had in mind. He's so quick. In I was that thinking way. more six to nine p.m. ish. Yeah, he's got that that wit in that man. That's a biting wit. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that went sideways quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite what I had. Oh, damn. Uh, well, uh, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There are pork baby back ribs in the Ooh. oven at my house at right, right now? now. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Eating me some 
baby back ribs. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Oh, it looks like somebody else is trying to call. News talk, you're on there. Who's this? Hey, this is Mike. Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah, I just heard William B. talking about being pissed off. What pisses me off is that you even get one hour. I, I would have to kill myself if you got three hours. Wait, this sounds like... Sounds, uh, sounds like Brady Moore. Brady Moore, yeah. No, this is... Spike. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds vaguely like Brady Moore. It does. <laughs> no, y'all had a good show tonight. I've enjoyed it. Oh, Listen thank you, man. And did you get your uh, problem solved? I, I did. Everything's uh, resolved, and, and I plan on stopping by tomorrow evening. And oh, wonderful. If you want to discuss it, we can discuss it tomorrow evening. I would uh, love to do that. And I think I talked to Brady this afternoon. Did yeah. he call you today? Man? Yeah, Brady called right at the end of the show about 10 till, 10 till, 10 till noon, yeah. Yeah, he said something about that, that you had asked me to come in tomorrow, so I, I may stop by Yeah, I mean, hey, tomorrow's four-year anniversary on here. Wow. Yeah, Tomorrow's our fourth anniversary, yeah. I'll have to stop Bastille Bastille Come by. Day. Come by early. Yeah, Bastille right. Day. Yeah. I want to celebrate. Well, well Bastille uh, Day is really the 14th of this Saturday, so we're moving it up to tomorrow. Big celebration. Going we'll to bring in some Prosecco, right, get hammered. I mean, uh, we're going to yep. celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call. Y'all done, done a great job. Au revoir. Au revoir. Oh, what a show. What a show. We're out of time. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, Joey, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you. It's been excellent. I very much appreciate you. Yes.